On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's here in 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us. Hey, and thanks to Finey. And uh, on another fantastic show, he'll be back tomorrow from 7. And also uh, Troy Zantuck-Zanners as he's affectionately known, <laughs> and Poltz, Jeff Poulter as well, uh, on before the Diego's. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to you. Thank you, thank you very much, Rodrigo, and um, a happy International Women's Day to our female listeners. Mm, yes, good point. I hope you had a great day, and uh, Carlos Alberto Diego. How are you, Rodrigo? How are you there, Vinny? And, very well, Rod- and likewise, likewise here too, uh, to all the uh, lovely ladies out there who um, are celebrating such a fantastic international day. It's been, look, no Warren tonight. Yeah. Um, he uh, is indisposed, otherwise occupied tonight. Uh, wish would, him well, actually. Would, wish, we, wishing, uh, would we be breaching confidentiality if we said that he's having an operation right now? Well, One of his many that he has. A procedure. He's yeah. having a procedure. Yeah. We won't a get procedure. into the condition. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> as such. Yeah. But, uh, he's alive and well, though. He's well. He's, he's okay. He's, he's well. But, uh, Apparently it's cosmetic in the scrotum area. <laughs> 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 yes. Well, that's... Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Look, I thought I was the embarrassing bodies <laughs> guy, Vinny, but uh, you yep. just... <laughs> Apparently he went in for the cough test, <laughs> he did. and they saw something not right, and uh, uh, anyway, so he's getting that fixed up, so... Thank you very much. Hey, we've got a big show for you tonight. <laughs> hey, we're going to catch up with Matt Yerman live from Korea um, very, very shortly, and also uh, Mike McGrath from the UK. As always, uh, good to talk to Mike about uh, what's been going on over there in mm. Arsenal. Uh, oh, yeah. Is it, is it time for us in Wenger? Let's, uh, let's talk to Mike about that mm. a little bit later on. We'll take your text messages tonight on 0433 any topic you want to talk about, uh, send us a text or give us a call if you'd like, 9429-1116. Tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Thanks to the Diego's partners who have been fantastic right throughout this A-League season. Uh, so, boys, uh, let's get into this because um, I really want to talk about uh, the Socceroos uh, squad that Ange Postacoglu yeah. announced today. Of course, the two games, Iraq um, in Tehran, Iran. So is it is that a, a neutral? Jeez, um, it's uh, it's interesting. Well, I, I fear for the Iraqis because <laughs> yeah. it wasn't so long ago they were bombing each other, weren't they? Or... Well, well, they haven't been friends for a no. long time, Carlos. But uh, so hope... what? We we uh, the Australians are peacekeepers, are we? The Socceroo boys are peacekeepers or something? Well, we like to so... punch above our weights, uh, Carlos. Is, uh, is... Look, Andrew's asked a question at the press conference today. Are you worried about going to that region? He goes, No, we've had our people. Go there. We've checked out the ground. The surface is good. The hotel's good. Is, uh, That's all we need to know. Is Bernstanger still there? Do we know? Is he our man underground? <laughs> our, our... No, I, I, I'm not sure where Burn is. Uh, I'm sure he's coaching somewhere. Somewhere We'll have to get onto the wiki and find we out will. what we he's will, doing. very shortly. But I don't think he's in Iraq anymore. So Hey, and uh, and also the game against United Arab Emirates in Sydney. Yeah. So on uh, safer ground there. But uh, look, very interesting squad that uh, Ange has put forward. I mean, we'll just go through some of the... Some of the names that we haven't seen for a long time. Can yes. we, before we go through the sure. squad, can I just say that I, usually I'm not tense about where the Socceroos are at, mm. but I think this time around anyone could win that group. And, and given the numbers and how it might play out, 
you know, we may not qualify. You know, we've got to get to third. Are you nervous, Vinny? I'm nervous. You are. You sound I, rarely nervous. am I nervous, but I'm nervous. Ange, well, I'm nervous. Yeah, Vinny, don't worry. Don't worry don't about worry. it, mate. We'll be right. Will we? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm telling you we'll be right. Okay. It's not going to be, you know, daylight between us and second, but we'll be right. We'll, we'll get there one way or another. Um, a lot of people are a bit worried about the fact that Ange seems a little bit, I don't know, intense at the moment. He, he seems like... I looked at the squad when I saw it, and I, I watched him at the press. I'm feeding off that, uh, Carlos. Yeah, no, I, a twitchy Ange yeah, makes a twitchy Vinny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's probably what it is. And uh, if he's if he's agitated, uh, Ange is probably at his best because right. everyone around him is not comfortable. And I think this squad, is, the way he's picked it, and we'll go through some of the names in a minute, it's almost, as I said on Francis Leach's show today, it's almost a message to everyone out there that I don't want complacency here. I don't want people cosy. No one's guaranteed of anything. He wants people to be up and about and in people's faces and, and you know, uh, because these are really important games. And I think he's looking ahead also to the Confederations Cup and the World Cup. And he said time and time again, I don't want players who are just happy to get there because there's no point just getting there. And in the Confederations Cup, we've got to play Germany. We've got to play Chile. And um, the third team we've got to play is... Um, uh, the Cameroon, the African team. I mean, they're damn good teams. Mm. And uh, what, we're going to go there and get slaughtered? No, we don't want that. And we don't want to go to a World Cup and not make it out of the group. Look, we did it last time under Ange. He doesn't want to do that again for his own career and also for our progression. So uh, for me, uh, I, I, I like it when he's a little bit angry and he's a little bit, you know, he, he won't look at the journos in the eye at the press conference and he'll just sort of be short with his... His responses. I like it when he's like that. I mean, this World Cup is really his World Cup. This is the cup, the World Cup that he's he's in, he's been in control for the whole lead in and and everything. So this is the one that probably will mean the most to him, even though the first one's obviously exciting. But this is the one that he can actually control as as much yeah. as possible. Well, he always said he wanted to get you know a group of players that. Um could put some pressure on other players in those positions, and he's kind of succeeded at that. I, I kind of um, when I when I saw this squad, I thought, is he is he still tinkering? Yeah, you know, I is don't, he still I don't tinkering? It's a worry of you. You don't like the tinkering, do you, Rodgers? Not not this deep into the qualification. Yeah, because Carlos. this is a there was <laughs> I'm a twitchy. Tape. I'm twitchy, know, Rodrigo. I'm a, bit, too. I'm, a, I'm a bit with you. There's a, there's a little bit. Just don't worry, boys. It's, it's going to be fine. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you involved me in the don't worry because I was a little bit. No, because I know in the green room, Rodders, you're usually just you know on, on a fence. You don't really. Well, the fence you, is really smooth now. But it, you, you, no you, are, you have been really worried. Is he tinkering? Is he doing a Claudio Ranieri at the moment? But um, but I, it, it's a bit of a. It just reminds me of when he first took over. Hmm. People weren't really fulfilling his roles in the team as far as positional you know, their positional roles of concern. And he was bringing a lot of different players in and building that big pool of players. And then he sort of narrowed that down for the World Cup and then for the Asian Cup. And it was quite successful as the Asian Cup because he got a winning team that won the thing. But it's, it's like a, he's doing it again now. And for me, that's a sign that he's not happy. Mm, no, no, that's clear. And, and the Thailand game, something, something happened there, I reckon. The Thailand game where he's thinking that there's a couple of boys too comfortable here. And um, and I'm just going to bring in some kids, guys who've earned their position because they've played regularly. I mean, you, you go through the team, Mustafa Ramin, you haven't seen him for ages, no, yep. but he was a prodigal son, uh, like a prodigy mm. uh, a few years ago. He Before was the one, Tommy Rogic, he yeah, was the one who, he was who a, went first. Yeah, he was a chosen one, and uh, it's good that he's worked his way back into the team. No gift. 
He's actually started playing quite well in Denmark. Uh, as is Bache, a guy who's been in and out, but playing regular football there in Turkey, and earned his spot. And there was a, a suggestion by Ange at the press conference today that Brad Smith hasn't been playing. Gersback is in his off-season at the moment, during, mm. doing his pre-season, haven't started yet. So Bache is a guy who's putting his hand up. And I think also of Jason Davidson, I do too, who's yeah. just... You know, in Holland at the moment, and not getting a look in at all. So who's starting to play more? He's starting so, to play, so hopefully he'll put some pr- uh, pressure on uh, uh, those left back uh, options there. Uh, Ryan Edwards, a guy who's just come out of nowhere, <laughs> yeah. Partick Thistle, twenty-three year old, played for Perth Glory yep. under his father Alistair Edwards, and obviously he's been watched. There's no guesswork here. He's earned his spot. Ryan Grant's playing blistering football there yeah, for Sydney at right back. Not a surprise. Riley McGree, Carlos, like well, eighteen year old. That's an interesting one, but he, he tends to do that now and again. But there's no way Riley will be making the twenty three man squad. But you bring him in. Obviously, I've, have you seen? I've seen this kid play, and he looks like a great footballer. He just looks like a footballer. And as an eighteen year old, and he looks like a footballer. He scored a great goal against Wellington for Adelaide not so long ago. So, he, so I just reckon Angie's just bringing him in. It's a, it's a good story. but There's a lot of good stories yeah. here. Awa Mabil is uh, yeah. in his squad of 30. So another good story. He's playing in Denmark at yeah. the moment. And um, remember, remember Awa was actually um, chosen above Kamau. Mm, at that's Adelaide. right, yeah. Remember, he was, uh, the, if you're looking at those two playing the same position, Awa was the first one coming through. Very, very similar to Kamau, but I think he's even better with ball at feet yep. and with his dribbling ability. Uh, we talked to James Jego a couple of weeks ago, yep. and he's been playing regularly in that in that uh, club in team squad. in Austria. He's, he's in the squad. So uh, Matty Mackay, obviously a guy you, you can really rely on every time you play uh, with him in the squad. So he's the guy. Um, Troisi obviously earned his spot. Vukovic is playing career-best football very at the happy, moment. Very happy that he's in yeah. the squad. And uh, Reese Williams. Obviously, that, Reese Williams, the other one. he had... Horrendous problems at Perth. He was frozen out. Looked like he was going to leave the club. And suddenly, he's had a good month of football. And I saw bits of him on the weekend for Perth. And he was terrific coming oh, out of midfield. He, really clever. His career's been... Yeah. Well, his Socceroos career in particular has been cruel by, by injuries. But so, so it is good to see these players. And they're all good stories in yeah. themselves. But I think we, we talked about off-air before that the core of this group... Yeah, you, you is, won't Apart get... from Tommy Rogic, yeah. um, you know, and... and well, Matty Spiranovic has been, um, you know, the chosen one in defence, but uh, but he's injured and probably yeah. might not have might not have gotten a game anyway. Yeah, um, I scribbled on the whiteboard in the green room. Yes. you know where we picked yeah, yeah. The, the team selection. And I stuff. saw that. I scribbled that for you guys to see. If you go through the core of the team he's going to pick, mm. there's not much difference from what he yeah. usually picks, but it's his fringe players. Will there be a surprise in the core? Because... I don't think there won't. I don't think there will yeah. be. I mean, unless you're saying Urich for. Kale or Kale for Urich. Yep. You're looking for someone like a Goodwin for a for a Cruz or they're they're the surprises. Yeah, the, the Goodwin Cruz one. I think Urich yeah. Urich is in the core. I mean, yeah, yeah, Urich, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. He's Urich safe. will start yeah. and Timmy Kale. If everything goes well and Urich doesn't get injured, Urich will play for 60 minutes. Kale will come on for the last half hour. That's what the plan is. There, they play with one striker, mm. so there's no point having four or five strikers. Nathan Burns can play. Uh, of course, Troezi will probably fill the gap with Tommy yep. Rogic. Well done to uh, him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He, he's earned his spot. Uh, but Nathan Burns can play as that number 10 also. Yeah. But Nathan Burns can also play on the left or the right if uh, if something happens to Leckie, for example. So he's got flexibility. Mm. And, and by the way, Milligan can probably play in every one of those positions. <laughs> it's true. Uh, he's so flexible. It's and, a wonder uh, Broxham isn't in that squad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> 
It's hey, true. Yeah, I mean, you, I know you're a big fan of Burns, uh, Vinnie Venezuela. I do so love Nathan Burns. Him still in Just wish he scored more, Vinnie. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. But so, he, the, the, the thing about, and I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it, he, he gets himself into those positions, and it, all, it shouldn't surprise me, but it, it does surprise me, and it impresses me. But yes, the only thing he needs to do is, is put it in the yeah. back of the net a bit more. So just before we go to a break, just to remind everyone that Group B, Saudi Arabia and Japan are, are sitting in first and second spot, respectively, on 10 points each. Australia and the United Arab Emirates are third and fourth on nine points at the moment. All teams have played five games. So this next couple of games, Australia got three yeah. more home games, um, I believe, yeah. uh, for, the rest, for the rest of it. Three home games calms me down a bit, Vinny. Oh. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but guys, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> All right, We're going to be fine. We're going right. to be fine. So, but the Iraq game yeah. is on the 23rd of March. Uh, looking forward to that in Iran. And then on the 28th, uh, we come to the Sydney Football Stadium and take on UAE. So there you go. Hey, let's take a break now. And when we come back, we're speaking to Matty Yerman live from Korea. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night with the Four Diego's. Uh, as we were talking about the uh, Socceroos squad uh, and some of the uh, Smokies that Anne mm. just put into the 30-man squad, it'll be whittled down to 23 after this weekend's football, I believe. So uh, Anne just wants to have another look. Uh, just off the text messages... Um, and should take the money and move to China. <laughs> um, what about Kilkenny? Um, we're getting off, getting off the text messages. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on as well. And we'll also uh, talk about some other stuff. Because we, um, mm. it's a bit of activity in Sydney with South the Southern Expansion. Uh, yeah. With uh, Mr. Football. And talk about so- edu- agitating. A lot of NPL clubs aren't happy at the moment. Oh, I'm hearing all sorts of stories. Town Hall. Town Hall, mm. uh, angry Town Hall. Oh, looking forward yes. to it. We might pick your brain a little bit later on. Mm. But right now, we are going live to Korea to catch up with uh, former Sydney FC star Matt Yerman from Suwon Blue Wings. G'day, Matt, and welcome to the Four Diegos. Hey, guys. How you going? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, our pleasure, mate. There's only three of us tonight. Rodrigo Rodriguez here. Vinny Venezuela is in the house as well. And Carlos Alberto Diego as well. Hey, Matty, uh, thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we first like to get to know whether you've settled in to you know, life in Korea. How are you going? Have you settled in? You're only there uh, for, what, a few months now? Uh, yeah, I've been here uh, since January, but um, uh, we, we were in Spain for about a month uh, for, for a bit of a pre-season uh, training camp, and then um, uh, we, had a, we had a game in Japan as well, so uh, I haven't really been uh, here to, probably for about three weeks now. I've been back uh, in Korea, so um, yeah, adapting and um, you know getting used to everything uh, the last three four weeks now. Yeah, Matt uh, Vinny Venezuela here. Given uh, your Croatian background, have you found a reputable chavapi vendor in South <laughs> Korea yet? I haven't, but uh, I'm on the lookout. So uh, if, you have any, if, you, if you hear anything, let me know. Okay, I'll email you, <laughs> Matt. It's Carlos, um, mate. Your transfer from Sydney FC. I mean, you started like a house on fire individually for Sydney, and they've gone on and, and done wonderful things this year. Uh, but you just left it, you know, really, really abruptly. And uh, and I, I'm always curious about how things can change so quickly for a player, especially if you're playing in Australia with the Asian leagues the way they are now with all the money they've got. Uh, can you tell us about how that all happened? You know, when you were – I mean, did you have some inkling for a while that there, were, there was a Korean club uh, interested – uh, you know, what sort of conversations were, were had? How quickly did you make the decision? Things like that, I think, would be very interesting for our listeners to know. Yeah, um, yeah, there was a few clubs uh, sort of, you know, 
hanging around and, um, you know, different agents, uh, different uh, agents from, from Korea or, you know, all over Asia would, you know, getting in, in contact with me. And, um, you know, I was, you know, trying to, you know, just focus on, on playing for Sydney and, um, you know, these things, they, they come up, you know, quite quickly and you, know, you don't really... Uh, well, you have time to think about it, which I did, and you know I spoke to my family and you know the important people that that, that I need to speak to about you know um, if it's the right opportunity because uh, you know in the last few years I've I've had uh, a few chances to you know if I wanted to go I could but um, you know I just didn't think, I, I didn't feel like it was the right club or, or whatever for me to to, to move and um, you know I'm sure you ask any other player in in Australia you know they all want to. Um, you know, try their luck and, and see how they can go uh, in, a, in another country. You know, your, your career uh, only lasts, you know, maybe 15 years. So, you know, it was always a goal of mine to um, try my luck over here and, you know, hopefully uh, do well and um, and give it a good crack uh, in another country. Um, but, yeah, in terms of uh, how it happened, it happened, uh, it happened, you know, in terms of people speaking and, you know, Speaking to agent and speaking to my agent and and all that stuff, it it happens. Uh, you know, it feels like it happens pretty pretty slowly. But um, and then all of a sudden it's pretty quick, and then you're 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 pretty much off. So, mm. uh, in terms of that, that happened pretty quick. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty weird. Uh, you know, coming coming over and then uh, watching watching the boys, you know, still <laughs> killing it. Uh, you know, watching watching the games and um, you know, it felt a bit, a bit weird watching watching my team play, but um. Yeah, no, it's 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 been good so far. So I'm I'm enjoying it. So Matt, do they actually woo you in in any particular way? Did you wake up one morning and there was a Hyundai in the driveway <laughs> <laughs> with blue wings on it? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, nothing like that happened. But um, yeah, I'm sure maybe some other players uh, that's happened, but uh, not not for, not for the defenders. I don't think. <laughs> not, not even a day woo. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Matt, no, no, Matt uh, we know that uh, Sasha Ogonoski was almost the, the, the archetypal Australian defender that went over there and absolutely was loved. Uh, captain of his team, uh, Asian Champions League uh, winner, I believe, uh, Asian Player of the Year. And after that, you know, all I was hearing was all these agents ringing up Carlos and saying, are there any mountain, you know, these, these mountain men, centre-halves <laughs> in Australia who are just tough and skillful and leaders because they're the ones we want. And uh, I, I believe Eddie Bosner was uh, at Sue Won Blue, uh, Blue Wings before, you know, a few years ago, and he was much loved there. And, uh, of course, Alex Wilkinson uh, was another centre-half that spent some time there. Did they like those sort of qualities in you, and that's why they signed you, That the fact that you're aggressive and you're a leader and you're a bloke who just probably, a bit no-nonsense, but you had the skill to be able to play at that level? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, the, there was a few people that that come out and um, they actually were watching the game uh, against Adelaide and uh, ended up cutting my head open and uh, <laughs> and played the rest of the game. So, um, you know, I think they were, they were pretty impressed with that. They liked but, that, uh, did they? <laughs> yeah, they, they love that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, all these defenders that have played here, uh, they, all, they all know them and, um, you know, they've all done, done well enough to, you know, Give the opportunity for other Australian defenders to to come here and um, you know at least have the opportunity to to try and do as well uh, as as these other players that have been here before and um, you know they've obviously done a great job if they still think 
that the Australian market is is a strong place to come and 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 to get the you know defenders or anyone you know from from the A League. So that strapping around your head was that as a result of a, a split? We thought that's how you just walked around because <laughs> you tended to you know have to have some uh, modifications done to the to the brow from time to time, didn't you? Especially in the A League, from memory. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had it a few times. Uh, you know, just just put it on when I when I feel like it, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the one in the grand final uh, I couldn't really see. But um, yeah, this yeah it was uh, a pretty big cup. But um, yeah, it's all, it's all covered now. Matt, they they say that you're not a good centre half unless you bleed. <laughs> That's true. So if you're not bleeding all the time, you, you're not you know you're not worth much, mate. So it's it's good that you're <laughs> you know, spilling a lot of blood at different times. That's yeah, a uh, that's more, spoken more by. Cars are that's right. That's spoken <laughs> from a um, you know a, a former half, yeah a former, former pub league centre half myself. Uh, with dodgy yeah, groins. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, so. but we're speaking with uh, Suwon Blue Wing star uh, Matt Yerman. Matt, Matt, now, how did how did you get accepted? I mean, the skill level uh, in the K League is is pretty wonderful, as we can see from you know some of the Champions League game. What what do you make of the skill level within your not only your teammates but the the rest of the league? Yeah, no, it's uh, you know the Koreans all, always had a good reputation for you know being quick, being uh, skillful, and um, you know. It's, Definitely, what I've seen so far, you know, all the players have they've got a good touch, and um, you know, it's a pretty quick brand of football that they play in the in the K League. So, um, yeah, no, I've been been impressed with uh, you know some of the players, and um, you know, there's there's some great players playing in the in the K League. Obviously, it's only a week old in, in the league, and I'll, I'll know more um, by the time end of the season. But um, yeah, from from what I've seen so far, it's it's uh, it's very quick and. Um, you know, pretty pretty direct. Uh, it's it's there's not really you know much time to you know sort of play key possession, play it around at the back. Um, you know, like like my team did in, in the A League with Sydney, and uh, it's pretty pretty direct. You know, as soon as you get the ball, you're playing forward, and um, you know they don't really play back too much. So uh, it's 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 a pretty open game, back and forth, back and forth sort of thing. But um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll know more as the season goes on. Matt, I was looking at the squad list, and like you know, we've got Yong Ho Yoon, John An Yu, Won Hee Cho, Cha Won Ko. Do you know who these guys are? <laughs> so you might have to repeat those. <laughs> you want me to? Have you got nicknames for them? <laughs> Yong Ho Yoon, Ju An Yu, Won Won Hee Cho. Is he a cool guy? <laughs> Cha Won Ko. Ah, uh, he's a great guy. Koei, Koei, Koei. No, no, it, it was it was it was pretty tough. Uh, the, probably the first month, uh, two months, you know, I've I've started to learn uh, more names as the as, as the weeks go on. But you know, the first first few months are pretty difficult in trying to <laughs> trying to realise uh, you know who everyone is and and uh, the names and everything. It's pretty difficult, but uh, you know, you you slowly get to know them and. Um, you know, I think it's pretty important, like for me as a defender, to to know that you know the people in front of me. So, um, yeah, it was, it was uh, definitely a bit of a shock to to realise, uh, you know, how hard these names were to realise. <laughs> now, Matt, you uh, you came through the esteemed Westfield High School uh, uh, system there in Sydney. It's a school that's been really well known and renowned for having a lot of. You know, Australian footballers come through there and actually go overseas and make a career. I think Harry Kuehl came through there and many others. Uh, you, as a 17-year-old, were, were you know were at the AIS. You got signed by Sydney. I think you played Sydney Olympic. But it really, for me, took you probably 
up until the last three years to really cement yourself as a as a first team regular that had a leadership job, you know, at a place like Sydney FC. What, I mean, was that just a matter of um, you know maturity for you, or did you do something different to your game to make sure that you were like the number one defender picked at Sydney FC for the last couple of years? Yeah, no. Um, you know, when I first started, uh, I had a few uh, pretty bad injuries that. that took a long time to recover from and um yeah i think that that sort of uh killed me a bit at the start but um yeah and then i, I played maybe a, a handful of games before i went to i got the move to to go to brisbane and um you know i learned a lot of brisbane in terms of you know playing up in the back and um you know the football that that Ange wanted to play uh up there you know and uh I think that helped me with with playing out and and you know having that confidence and you know trying to get trying to be calm on the ball. Um, but then uh, after Angela left, uh, you know the second year was uh, you know probably most difficult one in my career so far. And um, you know just just some things that that happened up there, you know, sort of uh, put me backwards a little bit. But it was it was a it was a big learning curve for me, and um, you know I took a lot out, out of that that year and. And you know, coming back to Sydney, um, you know, I was obviously at home, and um, you know, I really, I really wanted to change my game a little bit, but also, you know, just mentally, uh, I think I got a lot stronger from from that year, second year in Brisbane, and yeah, I think uh, the last three years, uh, I got to give credit to you know Arnie and um, and Andrew Clark and, and the physios and everyone uh, at Sydney, they all helped me with my, my game prog- progressing to the, the next level and uh, you know I, I don't know if uh, without Arnie's confidence in me and, and the coaching staff you know I, I don't know if uh, you know I could be uh, where I am today so you know I really uh, you know appreciate uh, you know what, what the coaching staff did for me at Sydney. Well, you did very well, and the fact that you're at Sue Wings is testament to that, I guess. But uh, I wanted to ask you, given that you, you mentioned before that there's a, there's a much more direct style at, at Sue Wings, how's the pre-season been, and how has it differed for you in terms of what you're used to in the A-League, or has it differed? Um, yeah, I think, well, you know, for starters, uh, this team play with uh, three of the backs, so um, that's been a bit of a you know different sort of thing for me to learn. Um, you know, I haven't really played with a three at the back in the A League before, so uh, I'm learning how they how they play with three and uh, how they want the defenders to you know play. If, you know they're pressing. You know everyone needs to obviously press, and um, you know there's, there's not really a sweeper sort of thing with the with the middle guy, but uh, you know basically three centre backs. So. Um, that that was that was that's one thing that I've um, been trying to ad- adapt to. Obviously, the the, the language uh, is a bit of a different uh, thing that I need to adapt to as well. But uh, I'm learning that as well. And um, yeah, I think just the playing style of you know being more direct, but it's not really a problem for me. You know, as long as you have options off the ball where people want the ball and and uh, you know they're giving the angles and supporting you from from front or back. You know, you've you've always got options to to play so um that, that's not really a problem for me but uh yeah just probably the the back three and you know learning how they how they play and being direct is, is the main the main things that are you know been a bit bit of a learning curve for me so far 
Now, Matt, uh, just one last one before we let you go, mate. You're, you're playing Asian Champions League. You've got some big, big teams in your group. Uh, Guangzhou Evergrande, I believe you played last week. You two-all draw with them. Did you get to play against, uh, you know, the high-priced Jackson Martinez? Or, you know, which strikers did you have to pick up? And uh, and how did that game pan out? Uh, we, I, I really didn't get the chance to watch the game, but uh, were you an unlucky two-all draw or... You know, we are we are sort of uh, you know uh, in the end uh, lucky to get the points, or how, how did the game pan out for you? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was good to play Guangzhou again. You know, second year in a row, um, they got some great players. Uh, Jackson Martinez, I don't think he's actually um, in the ACL squad, so he, he wasn't uh, anywhere to be seen. But uh, yeah, they had some some Chinese Chinese striker up front with uh, a Brazilian uh, Alan. Alan on the, on the left, and uh, they're attacking me for uh, Gulat, which is uh, I think he's you know top player. Mm. He actually scored a, a scored a great goal, and um, actually all, all four goals uh, from from Brazilians on both teams. So <laughs> um, I think that just shows you know the how how important the foreign strikers here are, and uh, the Brazilians obviously you know they're, they're all great players coming coming over from Brazil, and uh, they make a big difference. So. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, the game was uh, it was a pretty exciting game. It was, it was pouring down rain, and um, you know the fans all come out. I think it was almost ten thousand. But uh, yeah, it was uh, disappointing because I think uh, we should have, you know, maybe got the win. But uh, yeah, maybe in the end it was maybe a fair result. You know, in terms of you know they had two good shots and goal, and and probably that you know that that wasn't much more that uh, you know the keeper could do to save them, but. Uh, we had some good chances, and uh, on the break we we had them a, a few times. We just didn't uh, put the, put the chances away, and uh, you know sort of hurt us a bit. But um, yeah, we've got two draws from the ACL and one draw in the in the K League. So you know, hopefully we can build on that uh, this weekend, and then uh, next week we've got ACL again. We travel to Hong Kong, so uh, another test, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get uh, three points in the next two games. Oh, three points is in the bag against Easton in Hong Kong. Oh, they got a one-all draw uh, with Kawasaki <laughs> Frontal. Uh, they're mad. You got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know Kawasaki, a uh, great team, and you know they. I think they had a man, uh, two men sent off. Actually, <laughs> okay, so. okay. <laughs> now, now I know how that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, if you say the word Honda all the time, it rattles them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try that next time. Hey, Matt, really appreciate your time. Uh, it's great to hear that you're doing so well and uh, getting some good game time. And, uh, mate, just keep getting game time. Keep playing because, as you've seen from this soccer wor- Socceroos uh, mm. squad that Andrew's just picked, he's watching. So, um, you know, so uh, hope you get plenty of game time and, uh, you know, uh, play a lot of, you know, play well in, in the K League. And uh, you never know what might come your way in a couple of months' time. No, no, thanks a lot, guys. And, uh, yeah, uh, really, really happy for, you know, Ryan Grant and uh, Danny Bukovic yeah. to be called up. You know, I think they deserve it. And, you know, I think there's a lot of players that you could have picked from the, from the Sydney team. But, um, you know, I'm really happy for those two guys. They've, they've worked hard and, um, you know, they've, they've uh, you know, had some setbacks that they've come from. And, uh, you know, it's great to see. Both very, very good stories, mate. Mm. Hey, really appreciate your time tonight with the Four Diegos. And uh, hopefully we talk again soon. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for your company here on the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Good talking to uh, Matty Yerman, Rodrigo Rodriguez here, Vinny Venezuela, and Carlos Alberto Diego. No Warren tonight. Uh, it's been a lot calmer tonight with uh, yep. no... Well, it was calmer as well on Saturday, Carlos, when you weren't in. 
So really? I've got to say, you know, the, the tension between you two, <laughs> yeah. you know, it makes Vinny and I very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> twitchy. We're very twitchy tonight, aren't we? But anyway, hey, uh, we're going to go from Korea to the UK and catch up with our man on the ground in the UK. It's Mike McGrath. G'day, Mike, and welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Rodrigo here, Vinny and uh, Carlos. Let's... Uh, Let's start with uh, Champions League, Mike. I um, hope you don't get run over there. Just uh, be very, very careful. <laughs> Sound like a truck was trying to back into you. Hey, um, Arsenal, you know, what was it, 10-2 on aggregate um, against uh, Bayern Munich in the, Asian, in the European Champions League. Is Arsene Wenger mm. finally going to be shown the door? I, I actually don't think so. I don't think he'll be shown the door. I think he will be. Um, he will consider his future is what I think will happen. Um, it certainly had the feeling last night of being a defining moment for him, uh, for, for Wenger, that they were just that far off. By the end, they were that far off by Munich. Um, I think Arsenal fans probably would say that, uh, that up until the sending off, they were giving a good spite of it, it was 1-0 on the night. There's no real hope of getting um, get, getting the four goals back, but that it was it was a decent enough performance until then. But then once Koscielny went off, it just seemed that they gave up, and that that really isn't acceptable. It kind of gave up that whole body language. I know they were going forward, but the whole thing looked like um, that they were playing for time, really, and and it wasn't good enough. It just wasn't good enough for um, uh, for a lot of Arsenal fans in particular. So uh, I say fans rather than the the money men at, at Arsenal who who qualify for the Champions League every year, and I think are quite happy with that. So I think it's going to be down to Wenger's decision how he feels about taking the team further um, rather than him getting sacked. Mike, it's Carlos. Um... You you know the managers intimately in the in the EPL. You've been to, to all their press conferences. They know you as Mike. Yes, right? with them, Carlos. Yeah, you, you've right. been in saunas with them. Yeah, you know you you. I mean, they just love you, Mike. I've seen I've seen you in action with the with the managers, and Arsene Wenger. You know him really well. You know him intimately. You call him Uncle Arsene, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> What's I mean? Will he resign if people are calling for him to resign, or will he wait till he wins something like the FA Cup? which I think there's still a big chance of winning, uh, and then what he might determine as a high, then, you know, at the end of the season, once he's done that, uh, decide to walk away from the club. What's his like? I mean, will he, will he resign when everyone's calling for him to resign? I can't imagine that he'd do that. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you say that. I know, the, I know him well. I, yeah, I do cover his press conferences. He's, he is guarded in front uh, with journalists there's not many that he lets inside his circle there are people that you you work around the story and you hear about how he how he operates from what i hear he is still obsessed as ever with football and in particular with arsenal so i don't think it is going to be a knee-jerk reaction from him and I, i and like you said i don't think he's one to just bow into pressure um, so, I, to be honest, I think that I don't think if I was my hunch is that it's not the end for him, um, just because he still feels that that he's that this team is something that he wants to work on, um, 
And like you say, it's not in his style to just say, oh, they want me out, so I'm going to go out. Um, yeah, he's always been stubborn in terms of a lot of things, the way he plays, uh, the players that he buys. Uh, I think it will be on his terms, as you say. Mike, uh, you say he's guarded, but apparently when he was sort of relegated to the stands, he was putting gold out there. He was <laughs> all the secrets, all the dirt. It was all <laughs> off the record. You, you should have been up there, not in the, in the <laughs> backstage. But, but, he's spilling his guts. Yeah, he's spilling his guts. Um, I wanted to ask you, how, how much has the Sanchez thing hurt him, the keeping Sanchez on the bench? And obviously, there were, well, there was a falling out. Can he recover from that, given that Sanchez... You know, is such an important player to to Arsenal. Surely the fans have also that probably that incident probably hurt them more than the, the recent Champions League game. Yeah, that at the weekend it really it really wasn't a great day for for Arsenal because and for Arsene because obviously he you know dropping your best player in one of the biggest games in the race for fourth place just seemed just seemed nonsensical um in the fallout from it um you know some great work done over here from people to find out what had happened and there was a falling out of training um the week before so i think um it, it his reaction to that was really telling he he said you know he he, he said that he didn't believe it was true the stories but he also kind of said he he, he said it with a shrug I think he accepted that this, this was the case. You know, he, he wasn't kicking up too much of a fuss about the stories, and maybe he was happy to see that story out there because it showed that you know, uh, Alexis Sanchez wasn't quite, you know, the the angel that that everybody thinks he thinks he is, and that it has been tricky for him to manage him over the past few months uh, when this contract situation's been rolling on. Um, you, kind of think that you need to keep your best players happy that is part of being a manager and he hasn't done that in terms of Sanchez so unless he's got something up his sleeve in terms of a signing that can replace him that that's a that's a real damaging one for Wenger that he, that he hasn't been able to keep him happy a lot of people Mike are comparing him uh, the way he dealt with Sanchez with the way Antonio Conte uh, dealt with uh, Diego Castro of course the minute Oh, sorry, uh, Costa. <laughs> Diego Castro uh, yes, plays, a, in, Perth plays in Perth Glory. <laughs> but uh, uh, Diego Costa. And, He's very uh, good, though. And apparently, uh, you, know, at, you know, when they had their bust up, Conte just said, listen, go away. You're not going to be picked this week. You're not going to travel with the squad. He had nothing to do with him, or he wouldn't allow Diego Costa to have anything to do with the squad during that week until they sorted it out down the track. But what Wenger did in the same, almost the same sort of uh, circumstance was have Sanchez on the bench and not really punish him. Um, did you see? Did you see that? I mean, people are now comparing the two and saying it showed that Wenger was a little bit weak. Uh, do you agree with that? Um, not. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, having him on the bench and bringing him on, it was a. It was seen as. Uh, it was seen as him taking a stand. So I do think you know, if he dropped him completely, would he have been seen as much stronger? I'm not too sure. But I could. I can kind of I can kind of see that way of thinking, and of course, when when you're Antonio Conte at the moment, and just everything seems to be coming off for him, um, you know, he it seems that with Wenger it's completely the opposite. So the decision that he made it has made him to look a little bit weak. 
I'm, I'm, yes, Vinny. Now, Michael, just the, the other question I wanted to ask you is the whole um, Zlats uh, Ibrahimovic uh, fallout and, and given the three-game suspension, and that's got to be very frustrating for Man United. Yeah, uh, you know, he's their talisman. Um, they've taken him to Russia because obviously he's got this three-game ban. Um, I think it is going to be tough uh, for them to get a result at Chelsea without him. Um, and that's in the FA Cup. And then they've got two games without him in the league. So, I, um, yeah, it's a, it's a real blow. So, I mean, it's no exaggeration to say that he's carried Man U um, in the last in this season, really. So to lose him in that way was, um, you know, is, is a blow to them. But also uh, the manner of it all as well. The fact that he was, I think there's a lot of sympathy for him um, because of Tyrone Mings and the way uh, Zlatan was uh, stamped on. There's a, there's a bit of, I think uh, definitely the, the ex-pros would say, well, maybe Mings um, deserved it. I know two wrongs don't make the right, but... He was um, he was pretty harshly done by on the day, I think, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Hey, Mike, uh, we're going to have to let you go, but, um, you know, keep reporting. Where, where, are you, um, where are you off this weekend? It's FA Cup, isn't it, this weekend? Yeah, it's, uh, it's um, Arsenal v Lincoln. Oh, so, you got the big one. I mean, <laughs> I, I just I can't see them losing that, but this might be a very different conversation next week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike, thanks for your time. Enjoy your weekend and uh, happy reporting. Cheers, guys. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Just a little bit more of the Diego's to go tonight. Thanks for your company. A bit of uh, Champions League um, just off uh, the text message. Hi, guys. Hello, Madrid in the UEFA in the morning. Oh, my. Danny Alsop was gorgeous at uh, Melbourne Victory Game after um, uh, the other night. Happy Women's Day to all women. That's from Marie. Thanks for that, Marie, and hope you had a good day as well. And congratulations to your boys, Real Madrid, who uh, did a job on Napoli, and uh, so they move on. And uh, the games overnight, Dortmund and Benfica and Barcelona and uh, Paris Saint-Germain, yeah. mm. they have to turn around to four, Barcelona do, 4-0. If anyone can, they will. Of course. They won 6-0 on the weekend too, just to get pra- a bit of practice in the La Liga. So... Um, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to maybe a, a record being made, history be, being made. Be very interesting. Hey, I just uh, want to address something, uh, boys. Just a text message that we got uh, from George in Ivanhoe. Um, for Diego's, stay tuned. The revolution is happening. It's time Gallup and his mates moved on and let football progress. Yeah. Wow. So is there something, Carlos, you said you've been to a couple of town hall meetings or one in particular. Yeah. Um, What are you you hearing? Firstly, the A-League clubs, we know that they've all got together and they've got an association for A-League clubs and they're putting a bit of pressure on, and it's working too, by the way, on on the FFA to try and get greater say in the voting rights of who's going to be on the board and the governance of the sport and so forth. Uh, But what I'm hearing is that the NPL clubs now are getting together all around the country. And they want to have some influence too because they're saying, uh, firstly, you know, they're providing players to the next level and only getting minimal compensation for it. And so there's no real incentive for them to keep on developing players. And secondly, you know, their, their fees, their affiliation fees to the their state federations, which then get paid off to the AFFA, they're saying that we deserve a sane thing. So they're now getting themselves organised to be able to get, a, you know, maybe a, 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 you know, a say in the voting rights for the board and how the games run and so forth. And I tell you what, there's uh, there's a real push, a real push for promotion and relegation. Uh, but 
uh, look, you know, uh, that's what? not gonna, that's not going to happen quickly. But what the FFA should do to appease every all these people is well, that was come, my question. What should they do? Yeah, come up with a timeline. For example, everyone set, loves the timeline. Just put a the Gantt timeline. Chart. Yeah, in, and put it in concrete. In two years' time, concrete timeline. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> two years' time, we're going to have two new t- t- teams in the uh, in the A League. In four years' time, we're going to have a professional second division, or we're taking applications for a professional second division. And in ten years' time, we've got promotion relegation. Just put it in stone. Uh, you know, just live by it, and people will then develop around it. At the moment, they're just this this idea that. There's no real direction. is really frustrating a lot of people. It is frustrating, and uh, it's like they're, they're losing grip. Hey, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for your company. Really appreciate it. Thanks to Matty Yerman, live from Korea, and, of course, Mike McGrath. Thanks for your text messages. We'll catch you on Saturday night because uh, the Diego's are back from 10 till midnight for the final whistle. That's it for this week's show, so remember, Cuddleosh. We're a Puerto Rican girls hangout. We're over there, there. Ravi Sambarumba and La Bamba. We're over there. there. There's girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We're over there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We're over there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé. Olé.